everybody. It is the coolest reconstruction. It's Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and welcome to episode number 45 of the one and only show bringing you tips and tricks for working vehicle collision cases from the best experts in the industry. Today's topic is your data is only as good as your expert. So hold on tight. Here we go. Before I finish this intro, another life will be lost to a vehicle crash, and the $500 billion economic impact of vehicle crashes will only keep growing. Are you an attorney, expert witness, police officer, or insurance adjuster in charge of negotiating, investigating, or litigating vehicle collision cases? If so, then you're in the right place. The Expert Angle podcast was created for you because we believe that the industry must evolve, grow, and get better daily. And the only way to do that is by building the best team of experts possible to ensure that these crashes are handled efficiently, accurately, and honestly in order to get justice for the victims. We're Eric Brown and Phil Relly, and this is The Expert Angle. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This episode of the Expert Angle podcast is brought to you by Virtual Crash Accident Reconstruction Software. If you are tired of having to purchase, upkeep, and run multiple programs during an investigation, Virtual Crash is the cure. With Virtual Crash, you can build 3D environments using your actual scene data. You can simulate, animate, and create awesome visuals. You can also use the new momentum analysis tool for vehicle motion. Basically, Virtual Crash is the complete accident reconstruction software solution. Solution. Visit vcrashusa.com today to download your free trial or schedule a live one-on-one demonstration. All right, Phil, here we go. Another day, another dollar. Hopefully some spicy conversation coming at you because we have a returning guest with us today. Do you want to take mm-hmm. a guess at who that guest is? Anybody watching the YouTube channel, they're cheating. They can obviously see who it is. But for those of you tuning in on the, on the audio podcast, take a guess, Phil, who's our special guest today? Um, Kurt Bush. You know, I that would be fun, wouldn't it? I wonder it how would. we could get him on here. That would be a blast. I'm guessing okay, Steve but, Schmidt. Yeah, but if we can't get Kurt Bush, I feel like a close second, like right there, neck and neck. Yeah, I, that, I, I feel I feel like like this guest here, he he may be right there. What do you think? I I'd say you're right. <laughs> I'm okay. going with it. Okay, I like it. So here we go. Returning for a two P. Not many people have been on here for a two-peat, but he sure has. So here's Steven Schmidt coming back from PSP. Steve, we appreciate you coming coming back, man, and hanging out with us. Absolutely. I, I actually feel like I would rather listen to uh, Kurt Bush talk for a little bit. But Yeah, uh, see? I'll, I'll try and fill in as best I can. <laughs> I would rather listen to pretty much anybody talk than Phil. Um, you know, but it is what it is. We got to make do with what we got. So Yeah, you know. <laughs> But no, so we we have have kind of spiraled down the rabbit hole here a little bit over the last couple of weeks. And uh, so you two got together and posed this idea and uh, it got forced upon me as everything else does in, in my life because um, everybody just just exercises their will upon me, I guess. But it is what it is. So it's fine. Um, but no, this is this is a good a good topic to go down uh, talking about because. I feel like with the introduction, and, and let's just start here with the introduction of, of EDR data, the quote unquote black boxes inside the cars, right? What are you guys seeing in PA? Because to me, it seems like everybody's reaching out, especially the attorneys. And they're like, hey, I need this car downloaded. And if it's not downloadable, like they're just ready to throw in the towel. They're like, ah, I guess we don't have anything to go off of. Completely forgetting that we've been reconstructing crashes long before EDR data was ever uh, 
you know, prevalent in vehicles. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been we've been doing reconstructions long before <laughs> we were getting any kind of electronic data out of out of cars uh, and and commercial vehicles. Um, I mean that you know I, I know it's it's the information that everybody seems to want to go to, especially the attorneys, which is good information. It's great the amount of data that you can get out of these vehicles, but it's not the only information. I mean, we can get. Uh, other information from other units, you know, GPS or dash cams that are in the vehicles, but we can go back to just a good old fashioned, use the physical evidence and come up with a reconstruction and, yeah. and work it that way. And then use the EDR data to help validate your, uh, your initial findings from the, the evidence. Damn it. Steve just stole my thunder. I was just going to hit on that point <laughs> of even if the, all the vehicles are downloadable, I'm just guessing here. That's probably what like your unit does, right? You guys just go out and download the cars and then that's it. You don't do anything else to validate the data or anything. You just a hundred percent trust whatever electronic data is in the vehicle, right? If that is all we did, I mean, that would be great because that would make my life so much easier and get my my job so quicker, so much quicker. But no, I mean, that's, that, that's just one piece of the the puzzle. Like it's just one little piece there and using the, the EDR data, uh, you know, from the different sensing modules is great. I mean, that's that's good data. But not only do we have to validate that data itself, because we, I don't want to ever take you know what's coming out of the, the a module as as gospel. You know, we got to validate that as well against our physical evidence, our dynamics of the crash, and, and you know, when you get multiple vehicles involved, you can use you know the EDR data from one vehicle to validate against the other when you're looking at things like delta v. Um, closing speeds. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's important. It's it's good data to have, but certainly it's not the, the end-all be-all. Like I never would want to take that data and just say, hey, this is what it, what it says. They're doing 100, 120 miles an hour, and that's what they're doing with no validation from the physical evidence. Yep. Now, All we right. have in an upcoming show, and, and I want to take a straw poll here with Phil here in just a second, too. But, you know, so it sounds like, Phil, it sounds like we have a special guest that is going to be coming on here. Hopefully, I don't want to give away who it is, but I will I will tell you that his name at least starts with a K and it ends with an ENT. Um, but uh, he's going to come on, I think, and talk a little bit about EDRs. But let me straw poll here from you two. If you work all of your math, so you do all your momentum and everything and, and work all the physical evidence and the speeds that you get don't match. The EDR speeds uh, recorded in the vehicle and, and you send your math to get double checked. Somebody else peer reviews it. They're like, yep, everything looks good. Which one do you trust, Steve? I mean, I, I think I, I look at both of them and try to figure out what might have gone wrong. Why, why, don't they, why don't they match up? Is it something that I'm maybe misinterpreting with my evidence? Or is it something that the EDR data is misinterpreting um, because of some particular circumstance with the way the dynamics are, the way that vehicles is moving, or in the case of commercial vehicles, um, or even EDR data from, from passenger vehicles, was it programmed properly for tire size or, you know, rear axle um, ratios for, you know, how that truck is geared if we're talking commercial vehicles, and maybe that's why I'm reporting speeds incorrectly. But I think you got to get, really get down to looking at the the parameters that are in that EDR data and why it's reporting what it is. And maybe there's some special circumstance that we're not seeing and a wheel slip or, or something like that. And, and, you know, go from there. 
Yep. Phil, which one, man? What do you think? I'm trusting my work. I, I'm going to so go do back. I. I'm going to go back to the uh, the EDR and see if I can uh, identify where there's the difference and why there's the difference. Especially, it depends on what the difference is. I mean, if yeah. you're talking, you know, I'm calculating 57 to 62, and EDR is 96 mile an hour. There's there is a huge difference there. So mm-hmm. you're going to go back and retool and double check. But at the end of the day, my work is my work. Um, as long as you're, uh, everything you're doing is sound solid. There's certain to what Steve said, there's certain dynamics taking place, um, during the collision event, you know, the, the, I guess I want to go back <clears throat> a couple of minutes here. No, I'm you can't. Ins- the past I, is the past. It's gone, brother. No, no, we're reliving the past here. <laughs> now, the thing that frustrates me is EDR, whether it's in, you know, whether we're talking about cars or we're talking about heavy trucks, it's out there. And I see such a uh, underutilization or um, minimal attempts to, to go after that data, whether it's some BS excuse of, well, we don't think we need it or uh, we're not worried about that. That's not part of what we're looking at. It's there. You know, that's like going to a a stabbing and finding a gun on the floor, not picking up the gun because it's a stabbing event, not a shooting event. So we're going to leave the gun and take the knife. Um, I don't get it. I don't know why. And and we're seeing it across the country. It's not just Mm -hmm. something here in Ohio. It's everywhere. So I don't know if it's laziness or not really understanding what the, what the module or what the information that you can get, but irregardless, not going after it, I think is ridiculous. Um, so shame on you if you're not knowing it from an investigator stance. Um, you know, and, it, and it's odd because we field that question from clients and, and potential clients almost daily yeah. of, you know, yeah, well, do you think we need an EDR download? You know, the crash was was a year ago or it was a, a car versus pedestrian or something like that. And I'm like, if the car is equipped with it <laughs> and Steve, you tell me what you guys do over there in your unit, but like our unit here uh, in our county, um, if it's equipped with a module, we're downloading it. I don't care if we think that there's an event or not. I, I don't care if there's a module in the car, we're going to take a it. peek and do our due diligence to at least see what's in it. Oh, absolutely. If that information, if there's the possibility that information is there, uh, we're absolutely going to include that on the search warrant when we inspect those vehicles and, and download that data. And, you know, there's, there's more times than, than I can count on one hand that I've, I've said it beforehand. I, I guarantee you, we're not going to get any data just based on the dynamics of the crash that occasionally the most of them have been, you know, pedestrian crashes. And I included on the search warrant though, because that vehicle is supported, mm-hmm. I download it. And when you know it, I have a non-deployment event and oh. it matches, you know, it, it matches the, the ignition cycles and the, the already, the speed, the dynamics of the vehicle that I've already kind of calculated out to begin with. And there's that, you know, extra information that helps validate, what my you know reconstruction already kind of showed me or told me, and that information's there. I mean, if you're not collecting information that's potentially out there, I, I mean, I almost want to say it's that you're almost kind of being a fool by not <laughs> by not going mm-hmm. and trying to seek out that potential information that you know I never want to have to to go into court and explain why well we didn't download the vehicle and have the opposing side say well we did and guess what we found on it. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying to, especially if that doesn't necessarily agree with 
you know, the reconstruction. Well, where's the difference here then? Well, well I think it, to me, the thing is, you know, the car is a silent witness. It, it, it can give you a written statement if it's a supported vehicle. It'll give you a written statement. And, and you may have a non-deployable or a non-deployment event. But that, like you said, that that very well may just because it doesn't have uh, <clears throat> data in it, that actually can validate your reconstruction. Your reconstruction validates the information. So, you know, that, so that's one thing. So I'm with you. You're a fool, I think, if you don't go after it. And if it's an issue where maybe your prosecutor um, or your client does, doesn't understand it, then have that conversation with your client or if you're in law enforcement, the prosecutor um, and educate them a little bit. I mean, I, I think sometimes there's people in certain positions that believe because they have a certain title that they seem to know it all. Um, and that's just not right. It's just not correct. Um, that's number are you, one. Are you so, referring so to the title the, of owner of crash tech? <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Oh, okay. I was just saying no, it was implied. <laughs> and, and I'm with, and, and I'm with Steve too. And, and Eric and I knew you agree. You don't want to be on the other side or sitting in the witness box testifying and the other side produces it. You yeah. know, I, I mean, there's no reason to not go after it. Um, and number two, the other problem I find or see regularly is everybody gets that they, they flip as quickly as they can to the page where it talks about speed. Don't look at anything before it. And they go all the way down to the bottom line and say, oh, you know, one second or, you know, negative one second. It was at 75 mile an hour that guys, that's not the speed. I mean, it, it's 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 a portion of everything, but it's not the impact speed. And yeah. one of the, the biggest things that gets me, and I, you know, I, every time I sit in on one of Rick Ruth's EDR updates every year at our, at our conference, you know, read the data limitations. If we're talking mm -hmm. about CDR data, so many people just, like you said, they just flip to, hey, that page that has the, the, the pretty graph with the speed and service brake and RPMs and, and steering angle and they skip everything else. And one of the biggest things is read the data limitations. I mean, mm -hmm. th there might be two, three pages of it. And yeah, I mean, that might be a little, uh, little boring to, to read through, but boy, there is some important stuff in there that might be vital to, to what you're seeing in your own, in your own yeah. data because of the way it's reporting. Yep. Yeah. Because I mean, your, your collision event could have actually started unfolding anywhere in that, you know, zero to negative two or negative 1.5 or whatever the case may be. It's not at zero, not in all, not in all cases. So you can't just blanketly apply a zero equals impact. Right. You know, mentality. And, and so real quick, before we refine this down to, to move on to the actual, our specific topic today, but just remember a good rule of thumb here, especially for the police officers. So if you're in law enforcement and you're listening to this, I am telling you right now, right? Remember, that if you have a car after a crash and you choose not to download it because whatever, the pedestrian only clips the mirror on the side of the car, gets knocked over, hits their head and dies. Let's just say theoretically, right? And you don't download that info and that car gets sold at auction and lost into oblivion or crushed or destroyed or something like that, right? Who gets the presumption that the evidence that you failed to collect benefits them? Yeah. It's, it's the defendant. Yeah. They get the benefit of the doubt that there was data in there and that it benefits them. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't get stuck in that situation and, and, you know, potentially lose a case just because you didn't want to take the time or your prosecutor didn't want to take the time to write a search warrant and wake a judge up. Another so. one, you know, I mean, well, we'll move, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, I, 
had another complaint. You asked me if I was spicy today, and I did. I did have another complaint, and it just it, you're it, wearing a bright red shirt, so that's what made me think of it. I was like, it, you yeah, are it just aggravates today. me to no end, and there's no excuse for it, but it's just sheer laziness or avoidance of the truth. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. So as we talked about EDR data and the accuracy of it and the importance of it and everything else, let's transition here and talk a little bit about do trucks have EDR data and how accurate is it? Um, And what can we learn from some of these trucks? All right. So I want to I want to start with this one real quick before I get to Steve. Um, I hear this time and time again. And uh, Steve, be interesting to hear your input from another state perspective. But Eric, I'm assuming, hopefully, I'm correct in assuming that you have heard the same thing. There are a lot of, if you're in law enforcement, there's a lot of officers that hate commercial crashes. They hate dealing with trucks. I don't know if it's the intimidation because the size or what, or just there's so much to do. There's so much into Mm -hmm. it. But at the end of the day, a crash is a crash. Um, And well, oh my gosh, the amount of crashes involving commercial trucks that don't get thoroughly investigated. And getting into I, heavy truck EDR. Ooh. I think it's I think it's twofold. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, which I Phil points out I typically am wrong, but that's no. fine. Whatever. Yeah. So I believe that officers don't like commercial truck crashes for two reasons. One, in the academy, not you don't spend a lot of time on trucks, Mm-mm. right? They're big, they're noisy, they're smelly, and they're dirty. And we all want to keep our uniforms pretty. Right. So we don't spend a lot of time on them. And then two, everything that you hear about a truck that you hear about a truck, right. Is, Oh, you can't look at their log books, right. You can't take their log book, which is crap. We all know that's not true, but that's what you're taught in the Academy because they're like, well, that's really, that's really for, you know, the, the, the federal guys. And, uh, and that's not the case. And, and the problem is, is nobody's ever, uh, a lot of guys don't go on to, more comprehensive training to learn. Yep. Yep. I don't know. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. I know, I, think, I know I think in commercial- PA, your guys at state police, pretty much you guys are the only people that can do trucks. I don't think your city guys are even allowed to really do anything with trucks. Are they? Uh, in, in PA? No, I mean, there, there are, there are uh mix app programs that are within the municipal departments as well. I mean, obviously the state police has a very large, um, program that's actually a specialized position within our own department that deals with just the enforcement side of commercial motor vehicles. Um, but you know, from our reconstruction side, th- there is well, truck crashes are their own animal. I mean, well, that's that's simply put. I mean, there's just it, there's so many different moving parts. You know, no pun intended there. That there's just a lot of stuff that goes on with trucks mm-hmm. that that really needs to be treated. Uh, both the, you know, the same and different at the same time as you would your normal passenger you know, vehicle crashes. And yeah. it really does take a, a good amount of extra training. Um, and there's a, you know, there's a whole slew of different uh, really good programs out there from different teaching institutions on commercial vehicle collision reconstruction and getting into, you know, heavy trucks themselves and just the makeup and the nomenclature and the diagnostics. Mm-hmm. Um and really getting into that and figuring out what, um, you know, what went wrong with those trucks. And then you have the EDR side of commercial vehicles, which is its own, totally own animal as well. It, yeah. There's a wealth of information that's reported yep. and stored on commercial vehicles. 
and we we like to uh, you know we we are not as you guys know I mean really we you know, we have some of our our main uh, partners and sponsors that we talk about at the start and end of the show but what the information that we give you guys in the middle of the show we're not being paid for we, mm-hmm. you know nothing like that we just like to give this to officers and to other investigators out there to try and make them better but I will tell you the one program that I know or two that I can actually myself endorse if you're an Ohio officer I don't know if if they'll take out of state officers um but you do have to be a police officer to go i don't know if you guys have it in pa but it's a program called cv safe that the ohio state highway patrol puts on if you don't know a lot about trucks go to that school that's a great starting point and and and, you know i i do have to hand it to our highway patrol uh that class uh it's a three-day class completely free to law enforcement and it's Mm -hmm. fantastic Um, do you guys do you guys have a cv safe in, in pa uh, not what we have. A, it's, it's not this, the same thing, but I mean, we have our it's like own, an introduction similar, to trucks yeah. and yep. We have our own similar uh, training program that's set up, um, you know, in, in department and it's, yeah. it, it is, it's a great, great program. And that gets into more of the uh, um, enforcement side of trucks too. Yeah. But I mean, there really is. Just but it at least gets you comfortable with being around them. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. the big thing is just being, people aren't comfortable with trucks because they don't understand the, the, the way they, they don't understand the way they operate. I mean, there's a totally different, you know, totally different makeup. They're just, they're big. They have, you know, air brake systems, you know, they have different braking systems. You know, there's obviously hydraulics as well, but I mean, there's just totally different components that people that even if they're comfortable with inspecting their passenger car, getting a commercial vehicle is, you know, a whole different ball game. And and so, you know, go to that if you can. And then for anybody, private or or law enforcement, I will tell you the the one program I can endorse. And he's going to owe us some beers after this, Phil. Uh, But but Tony Becker's course and Scott Skinner uh, with Friends of Training Group. Fantastic. Their heavy truck reconstruction. Uh, We went to it. Me, Phil and Spencer from Crash Tech have been to it. And I will tell you, I will put my stamp of approval on that class all day, every day. It was a great class. Absolutely. Those guys are phenomenal in in the. the amount of truck knowledge that they have between them. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, yeah, it's great. Yep. You know, so, and, and thinking, you know, stop it. A lot of people I warned you about yeah, that. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, good majority of your commercial vehicles out there have the capability of being imaged and, and there's data available, electronic data available. Same principle applies to the electronic data from your, your AKA black box. that's in your car. It's the same yep. thing with a truck. Um, so there's all sorts of validation or, you know, your work, your, your work is going to validate the data or the data is going to validate your work. However you want to look at it. If you're a half, half full or half empty person, but it's out there. Yeah. Uh, but yes. I, I think because of unfamiliarity, people just don't know and don't go after it. Yep. And I will tell you that the kit to just get the data, not to interpret it, not to do anything, but just to download it is is actually really reasonably priced. You can pick them up on Amazon. What I think is what? 800 bucks, 600 bucks. Yeah. I think we paid like 600. You're talking about just for the, just like the, for the hardware interface, like the next. Yeah. 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 Super. And and you can at least download the files and store them on your computer and get them to somebody that can read them. Mm -hmm. You know, but the big thing with, I think the big thing with, well, you that you mentioned a lot of people don't realize the amount of data that's stored on commercial vehicles and just like passenger vehicles, you know, it's, it's not there for the data was never designed to be there right. for the purpose of crash reconstruction. 
you know, in, in, in a passenger vehicle that's there as part of the restraint system, the airbag control modules, uh, you know, the uh, restraint control modules, they're there as part of the safety system of that car. But subsequently, they do record useful data. And when, you know, analyzed and validated properly can be really useful in what we do. It's the same thing with commercial vehicles. There's a lot of information that's recorded for the purpose of the operation, the efficient operation of that truck, mm-hmm. you know, how it uh, how it adheres mm-hmm. to EPA guidelines for emissions, how it you know is designed or programmed to run the most efficiently for that fleet and that part of the country, you know, how they have things geared and, and set set up. Um, but again, it records a lot of that useful data so that those fleet managers and those <clears throat> mechanics for those those pieces of equipment can be constantly analyzing how their trucks are being used and tweak them and fine tune them if they need to. But it's great information for us as long as it's a uh, extracted properly because we're you know if we're doing a uh, kind of a forensic imaging of that that data using the original like the OEM software. You know, it's important that you have somebody that's trained to be able to actually do the download or the imaging on that truck, because if not, you can end up wiping an ECM reset, you know, wiping it clean, resetting parameters, resetting things. Um, you so can write error. Different. You can write error codes into the you computer. Can all kinds of fault right. codes, yeah. error codes yeah. on there <laughs> that were never intended. You know, and, and you know, it, not to say that anybody does it maliciously, but if just if you're not trained properly in what you're doing or how you're imaging it, you can, you know, subsequently yes. put that stuff on there. And, and, you know, and now you're basically either overwriting evidence or you're making new evidence that you shouldn't have in the first place. Right. And then, and then getting people to, I think, um, like you mentioned, Phil, about, you know, having somebody be able to analyze the data to them, the stuff, obviously that were the, in, the information we're pulling off these trucks, um, is vastly different than the information we're, we're pulling off of a you know an airbag control module with the Bosch CDR system. Yeah. So we just have to know how to actually look at the data, what we're actually reading, and and use it appropriately. And, yep. and you hit on a great point, Steve. That um, Eric and I over the years, and and Chris, we've talked about quite quite extensively. Careful about having the data and not being certified or properly trained to interpret it <laughs> mm-hmm. and then issuing opinions on what the data is telling you. Um, I have seen that a ton of times where, um, you know, individual or company X images this car for client B and, and the reconstructionist ends up throwing into their reconstruction report all this information about the about the uh the data and what it means and you know you know the timestamps yeah. and, and all this different stuff and, and you and imagine are, like what was you if you try and interpret that data and all of a sudden somebody from another state that's really wide kind of not real big from top to bottom starts with a p ends with a sylvania uh <laughs> you know Somebody, somebody maybe with like a, a name that sounds something like Solly or something like that. Imagine if he came into court and looked at the same data that you tried to interpret without any training. Yeah. I think you're going to have a bad day in court. <laughs> I mean, you've got to be careful. But but that, then again, that goes right back to what we talked about earlier, whether it's commercial truck or it's, it's passenger car, light truck. It, 
the data is there and people, because it is so widely accepted and it's so uh, recognized to be, you know, very, very, very good data, unless there's something that kicks it um, nine times out of 10, the data that you're seeing is, is good, credible information. Well, and so real quick, Phil, let's, let's just talk about in trucks, at least four places, at least that I like to ask and, and tell attorneys to, to make sure that we're sending out some spoliation letters for on the private side. On the law enforcement side, four places I would at least look and write into a search warrant. And Steve, tell us if you guys do anything different. Um, but the four things I want, right? I want I want the ECM module, obviously, right? Uh, I'm gonna want the the either the Bendix or the Wabco, uh, which your braking system has its own modules in your trucks. Uh, I'm gonna want the the EDL data, your your electronic data, uh, all your logs and everything that are are electronic in your newer trucks. Now, if you go older, they may they may not have to even be equipped with them. Okay. But on your newer trucks, a lot of those also have your GPS tracking in them because they're tracking when the truck's running, when it's off, when it's, you know, in service and, and all this stuff. Um, and then also the dash cam, because almost every truck out there anymore has dash cams in it. And so those are the big areas that I want data from, but you tell me, Steve, I mean, what are you guys seeing? I mean, is there anything else that guys are going to want to at least um, say, hold on to this data, if nothing else? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, I think you, you hit the main ones all on the head there. Absolutely. I mean, I, I my, my warrants, the way I have them um, written, or if I do stuff on the private side, that this is the th- same things I'm looking for. And it's, it's, you know, the, all of the information pertinent to that vehicle's um, ECM, you know, depending on what the make is, I mean, there may be more than one, you know, there might be three or four modules that we need to deal with, but all of those systems, those EDR systems, um, you mentioned the ELDs, which like you said, you know, with, with, uh, the, the newer trucks now we're going to electronic. Thank you for correcting devices. me in my, my dyslexia. I always say so, the, EDL, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the electronic logging devices. And like you said, unless there's an exemption or it's an older truck or they're running a glider that, you know, specifically doesn't, they don't have to have an ELD, um, the fleet and, and depending on what the truck is, then, um, a lot of these, these larger fleets or even the smaller fleets, that aren't necessarily an owner operator, one, one truck, um, you know, they're having systems that are built in that do all their own fleet management and GPS tracking. Um, and they may have integrated dash cam systems built into those as well. But I also like to look for additional in my warrants, I'll put additional third party GPS and dash because you may have a driver who has GPS built in with his ELD, but he's also running just your old Garmin Nuvi right on the windshield that, you know, we all know that's, if that thing's turned on, it's recording your, you know, location, speed. I mean, it's recording data. A lot of drivers will have their own uh, dash cameras. I mean, you can get a dash camera for $50 on Amazon and some of them are incredible quality. And even though the truck itself has a dash cam built into the system, maybe it's a newer Freightliner Cascadia and it's got a great built-in camera system, they, the driver might have their own, you know, Amazon brand camera slapped on the windshield too. And I want to get that data um, because those are owned by different people potentially too. That that GPS, right. that Garmin and that dash cam might are probably owned by the driver, whereas the other stuff is probably specific to, you know, the fleet. Uh, owner or something like that. So I like to mention all of that stuff in there. One thing yeah. to also, one thing to also include in that too, and we're seeing it uh, more and more um, in Ohio, uh, trailer GPS. 
Yes. Uh, so these owner operators are just man, they're, you know, they're bobtailing around, dropping loads. They may not own, they may not own the trailer they're using, but they're going to, you know, load boards at a truck stop somewhere. Um, and a lot of those trailers that are owned by the companies are GPS, so that they don't end up in the hills of West Virginia, stripped yeah. out, stripped down. Just, just so you know, I'm pretty sure when I go to process the video episode in YouTube. They're going to make me put like an actual adult rating on this because you just said the sentence bobtailing around dropping loads. <laughs> so I'm just throwing out there. If you guys go to YouTube, there may be a parental advisory on this because YouTube, you know, they're pretty strict about that. But, you know, <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, you know, think about that um, trailer, uh, trailer GPS and, and, and for the older trucks. You know, you could you could have your uh, ELD, but you could also have a standalone Qualcomm system that they're using just for communications uh, between their dispatch center as well. And, and there's great GPS that Qualcomm, depending on what what version they're running, uh, that's great GPS data for uh, the communication. Now you may also you know you may end up getting um, not just GPS position, but you may end up getting uh, transmission communications between dispatch centers and drivers. So there's a ton of data out there in these trucks, not just from a, uh, a heavy truck EDR stance, but there's just, I mean, I mean, these are great big mobile offices that are moving, you know, all of our industry around the world, around the country. Moving millions in freight. Yeah. So people are, are tracking it. And, yeah. you know, but here I, I want to take it. I, I so want to take credit for this. But, but I can't because I love to sound smart. And, and you guys will know that this isn't from me because it sounds too smart <clears throat> to be from me. Um, so this is a, a little shout out to, uh, to Scott, uh, you know, when, when we went down to his, his their uh, heavy truck recon class. For the attorneys that are listening, right, the easiest way is when you send out that packet of interrogatories that you just ask all the questions to at the very start of a case, just ask the easy, simple question to the trucking company. What all subscriptions do you pay for? for all equipment that was operating inside of that truck. Mm -hmm. And they'll list they, they should list everything that they have a subscription for and that they're paying for. And that will help you kind of decide where you need to ask for information from. Yeah. Oh, and over, and, over and above your, your, again, that's going to be over and above your EDR type stuff. Cause they're not paying a subscription for that. Yeah. Right. So, there's, there's ton of that, that information. I mean, that's, that's transfer or relayed real time on the spot too. I mean, I don't know how many truck crashes I have been to for, for the state police that by the time I got around, responded to the scene and got there, there was already either a safety manager or somebody yep. from the trucking company was either, if it was a local company, they were already on scene or they were at least uh, on the phone with the driver. And I, I was able to talk to them and they said, Hey, um, you know, they're very cooperative and straightforward and said, Hey, I, I already know what happened in the crash. I already have the video. Yeah. Like, it's already back at their office. When the, when the parameters, the thresholds were set for, you know, a sudden deceleration or something like that, that triggered the thresholds for the, um, for the, the crash sensors basically to send this, this data to their email or to their phone. And they're already watching a 10 second snippet of the crash mm -hmm. unfold in front of, on their phone. Uh, you know, from the the system itself, they already know what happened, and that data is yeah. out there. And you know, it, it's all and, in how you approach it too, and how how forthcoming they're going to be as far as you know, giving it and, and providing, especially from a law enforcement side, versus you know when it moves out of the law enforcement realm and into the civil side later on. But that data, you know, it's is interesting out there. It's 
It's interesting you say that, Steve, because I had a, on a law enforcement side, I had a, um, a, a commercial crash. It was a heck of a crash. I thought you were uh, telling the Tesla story. That's my favorite. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, it was two semis and three cars and the safety manager, um, for the area, um, called in our office. I patched in, he was on his way. Um, the local terminal manager was already out there. Now that safety manager gets out on the scene, has that data, uh, that was sent to him, um, electronically, we watched it right there at the scene. He had no problem. He walked up, introduced himself, exchanged cards, and, and he played that out, logged in, played mm-hmm. it out, and then provided that to it, the copy of that to us electronically. I mean, we had it that night, probably an hour after I cleared the scene, and it was great, great, great data. You oh, know, yeah. and they understand the risk they're running, you know, by coming forth with that information right out of the gate and not you know, sitting back and talking to their own internal counsel first about how they want to manage that. Do they want to make people ask for it or do they just want to come, you know, get ahead of it and put it out? Um, and it was great. You're right. I mean, the dash camera and then there's a couple other camera angles in there and it, and it it told a story. It really did. It was great. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had some most recently, the same thing. Just it was a local company and the safety manager was able to come. He came straight forward and was like, hey, I, you want to see it? I actually have the video on my phone already. Yep. And, uh, you know, I was able to view it and right there at the scene and helped, it helped kind of piece a couple pieces, uh, little tidbits that I kind of wasn't certain of, of the dynamics of how this crash True. unfolded that kind of shed some light on it at the scene, which really helped. Cause now I was able to kind of better document the scene while we were still out there as well. Yeah. You know, um, and these companies, these companies are smart, you know, I, I, they know, they know, number one, there's somebody somewhere that clearly knows that they have, you know, seven figure liability. So mm-hmm. somebody's coming after them. Um, there's no question about that. It, you know, if they get 10% of seven figures, still decent payday. So they don't care. So they know someone's coming out and, and it, do you want to be that trucking company that hides it and says, ah, you didn't ask the right question, you know, and then see how that plays out in, in a courtroom environment, or you just want to come forward and get ahead of it and put it out either way. They're coming after you. It doesn't matter. It's just, how are you going to look, you know, down the road? So they're smart. So for, for our law enforcement friends, though, we'll just throw this little tidbit out there. If a company's playing nice with you, if you're asking for information and they're like, yeah, we can get you that. We can provide that information. It would behoove you not to say something along the lines of, well, I'm going to prove that this crash was actually as a result of a failure of your vehicle. At that point, the amount of information that they're going to give you or the um, uh, rate at which they're going to answer your phone calls is going to severely diminish. Now I know Eric, <laughs> you're, you're going to just, you're going to probably have fun with this at some point. Um, and, and, and I'm going to cut you off now because I know what you're going to say is how does that differ from today? But I'll be honest for years, anytime I've got a truck crash, People at the scene would believe that I stole the uniform and that I escaped from a padded room somewhere because I am the dumbest investigator you've ever seen on the planet. What's that? Is that a commercial truck? Oh my gosh. Never seen that before. Yep. Let the safety managers feel sorry for me and be like, Oh, look at this guy trying to do this. This is so great. I know. It's always funny when you go to the scene because they're all They're all walking around with their arms around Phil and stuff like that. Making sure he doesn't trip and hurt himself. Yeah. Yeah. Because, You've but, seen that where people have said that, you know, oh, if you've oh, got yeah. data, I need it or I want it or that is not. Yeah, don't be a, don't be a dick. No, like just stop. Like, 
you know, so here, let's, let's dive into some of these modules. And so, uh, unfortunately when you get into trucks, it's not going to be this easy. I just found this. Uh, I thought this was entertaining. Uh, if you, if you have the YouTube episode pulled up, if not, you can roll over to it and check this out. Um, so Ducati making fun of us Americans, I can just see them sitting there in Italy. Right. And they're like, ah, these stupid Americans <laughs> literally, uh, call their module. If you can see that. Uh, literally call their module a black box. Uh, it says right there, Ducati black box and it's black. So that's like super convenient. Um, you know, but in the trucks, unfortunately the, the module is not black typically, uh, nor is it called or labeled a black box. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the, one of the things I will caution people on, if you're going after this data, if you're going after the ECM data, right? There is a possibility, especially on like some of the freight liners, the older freight liners, things like that. We have seen this where they'll just pull an old computer out of a totaled freight liner and just toss it right in another freight liner and get it on the road. So you've got to do some checks to make sure that the module you're downloading actually has data from the truck it's in. You can't just trust it like you do a car. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the big thing with, with, that differs with trucks, like you just said, they're, they're a mix and match where you could, oh, they're, yeah. they're built the way the client wants the truck. So if I go, you know, I go and I buy my uh, Nissan Titan pickup truck, I'm pretty certain there's going to be a Nissan engine in that thing. Just like when I buy my Ford F-150, there's a Ford engine in there. It's not the same with trucks. Well, until it falls guys, out of the Ford. Well, that's yeah, true. So but when I get, you know, when I get guys, if that, like, and oh, you can send yeah. the letter of the lawsuit to Phil Rally at, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But you know, we get guys that well, they'll call me and say, so for the longest time, I was probably the only one in our department that was doing the heavy truck, uh, the, the heavy vehicle EDR downloads. So they would call me and say, Hey, I just had these two vehicles in a crash. One's a Freightliner and one's a Kenworth. Okay, that's great. That doesn't really tell me a whole lot about what I need to know, though. I'm like, we we need to know what the engine is. I need to know. Give me the VIN. I can run the VIN and see if I can you know, find out what engine is that is in there because you could have a Freightliner with different engines. Like you could have a Peterbilt with different engines, or you know, a, a Kenworth with different engines. So uh, you just stole my thunder. I was just, I was just going to ask. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Kenworth and, and Phil, I mean, the Kenworth plants right there next to you. Um, they only make those with one engine, don't they? No, you can get a Kenworth <laughs> engine. You can get, you can get yeah. a number of engines. You dirt. Pay attention to the podcast. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> about, about, about the only, well, I shouldn't even say about the only one that's pretty consistent. It seems like Mac will have a Mac engine in it. Yeah. You know, even, and Vol- you know, Volvo, Volvo typically seems to have a Volvo engine. Volvo <laughs> Volvo might have Cummins. I've been lucky with, yeah. with having a, a Cummins engine and some Volvos, but you're right. Volvo usually has a Volvo. Macs typically have Macs. But outside of that, I mean, they could be mixed and matched, and, and that's going to depend on when how you download or how you image that ECM. And then based off of the year, what type of engine that is, what kind of data you're even going to get. Am I going to get crash-specific speed data? Am I only going to get parameters and configuration data for the truck, which may still be useful. It just depends on what the, the elements of the crash are. I mean, I, we all, everybody always wants the speed data. We know that that's the first thing the attorneys ask, how fast were they going? What was the speed? But depending upon, and I've been having more and more of them, it seems like, um, depending upon the, the crash, if we're talking about a fatigue driver crash, which we keep getting more of them because, you know, I was told, Long ago, when I first started getting into truck stuff, you know, truck's not making money unless the tires are turning. 
So, you know, to, to start driving longer, you know, longer hours and exceeding the federal regulations, um, you know, they may be able to falsify their logbooks. Obviously, it was easier before ELDs, but there's still ways to cheat the ELDs. We're finding out sure. drivers are quite ingenious in how they can cheat their ELDs. When I heard there's a well, there's a current attempt coming from the truckers lobby to raise the amount of hours they can drive per day. So, the, 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 you know, and the other thing, too, that's that's huge um, years, many, many, many years ago when I worked in uh, private fleet. It, it wasn't so much the number of hours. It was the hours that they're working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's huge. You know, it, it's tough. Anybody and we've all worked shift work. We've all been on that midnight shift. And I'm telling you, oh, dark hundred is is a bad time of night to be driving. It's amazing how fatigued you can become. Even if some, you know, you've worked five years straight on midnight shift at four o'clock in the morning in the summer, when you start to see a little bit of light coming off in the horizon, a little bit as the sun's thinking about coming up, how all of a sudden exhausted you are. Oh yeah. It's, it's amazing. You know, Steve, there was a, uh, um, Tony, and I were talking and it was kind of interesting to hear. I mean, you've got truck companies are getting smart now and removing certain data that uh, are no longer tracking data in the mm-hmm. uh, in the modules uh, that, that that we in the reconstruction field. Well, they're like they're going to track they're going to track engine parameters and fault codes and stuff, but they're getting rid of the hard brake. Yeah. Yeah, there's things that uh, you know, obviously might be potentially, you know, detrimental to them in a, in a case that, you know, that maybe they don't want that type of information track. So that could easily be turned off. I know one of the big ones always has been Caterpillar. Caterpillar engines, uh, one of the things for CAT that's specific is it's called a quick, a quick stop record, which that's CAT's version of their uh, hard break or sudden decel record. Right. Um, and most of, well, they will, will come from the manufacturer turned off. So the quick stop is set to zero usually, which means that it will never activate, which means it never records a quick stop. And it's kind of apparent on the uh, the trucking company or the owner to go in and if they want that turned on. I've probably only seen that enabled a handful of times in my career doing Caterpillars. Usually they are set to zero. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to get good data, though, because right. Caterpillar records snapshots which when you get diagnostic snapshots, I always use the example that guys, when they're asking me about this stuff is, so that truck hits, hits another vehicle and it crushes in the radiator in onto the fan and the fan stops running and it starts puking out antifreeze all over the road. You know, it, it may, the, while the quick stop might be turned off within, you know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds of the, that crash occurring, the coolant, levels low enough that it now throws a fault code because the engine's still running that the coolant level's low and it triggers this diagnostic snapshot for that fault code and it records all that same parameter data so it will record your speed rpms things like that and it backs it up you know it may back up a minute and 45 seconds so now your crash was actually caught on on the data in a diagnostic snapshot for a low coolant because that was caused by the crash so just because we don't have the quick stop breaking. turned on. We're right. still getting crash data. And that goes back to that whole, if if there's a vehicle in a crash, you need to get the data. There's yeah. never a vehicle where I've said, oh, don't worry about it. I don't bother trying to download the car or the, the commercial vehicle. Like if it has 
an EDR, which most vehicles do, you need to be making every effort to get that data because you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, I always, and I always for, love the question that, that that's posed to me, and, and <laughs> you know, I'm always kind of a jerk when I answer it. At least my, the tone and, no. and inflections <laughs> when I when I answer the question because I love it when they ask it, and because you always get that person. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's a single vehicle crash, one occupant. Why in the world? Why in the world would you want to image that car? Why do you want the airbag module out of that car? And my response is always the same: the same two words. Why not? Hmm? Yep. Why wouldn't you want that information? That that yeah, what, if it's there. What's yeah. it going to hurt to give you that little bit of extra, extra <laughs> yeah. information you, that might you, tell you what happened? You know, and yeah. could you imagine from the law enforcement side? Could you imagine going to a suicide where somebody shot themselves, and you're like, yeah, "I'm not worried about collecting the gun. Why bother?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. literally what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. You know, but so here, let's clear this up real quick, because, uh, you know, we just talked about hard brakes, sudden stops, sudden decel, stuff like that. Um, so in a truck, right, it, it, for people that, that are new to the truck game and are thinking about getting in trucks, right, the trigger event, the quote unquote trigger uh, for data being recorded in a truck crash, a little bit different than cars, right? Cars, typically, what's our trigger? Right. Some sort of airbag deployment event or right. a non-deployment event, which typically is a, as a result of Delta V. Right. That's typically uh, what's what's triggering it. Right. So in a truck, it's just a sudden deceleration is actually your trigger. That's what it's actually tracking, because think about it. If a, if a semi hits a car, what's its Delta V? Typically Not pretty much. low. <laughs> yeah. So so you really can't do Delta V. you got to do the sudden decel. Right. And it's, it's wheel speed. So you're, you know, when you're looking at that, you're talking about, you know, the, the, the range could be, you know, anywhere from, you know, as low as five or seven miles per hour per second up to nine, or, you know, maybe even higher than that, you know, miles per hour per second that it's changing. And these trucks are also recording, you know, they're, they're recording this information in uh, usually second increments. So, I mean, we're talking, when we're talking about measuring delta V, we're talking very, very short periods of time. Whereas in trucks, that's not necessarily the case. Um, but you're right. Your truck. So for your your and every manufacturer has its own terminology. Like I said, Caterpillar, it's a quick stop. Cummins, it's a sudden vehicle deceleration record. Uh, Detroit Diesels, it's a hard brake record. Um, so thanks Detroit Diesel for being America. That's like that's the most American record right there. I tell you right there, right? Heartbreak. Boom. Heartbreak. That's what it is. And, you know, those are designed because they want to see how their drivers are driving their vehicles. Are they the type of guy that, or gal that just drives and, you know, driving fast, slams on the brake all the time because they're, you know, Mm -hmm. tailgating people, running lights, you know, whatever the reason might be. But they, you know, there's a potential that that's going to record your collision as well. But this is where it, kind of like we said, unlike the CDR data from passenger vehicles, you really have to have somebody that's trained specifically with experience to look through the EDR files because you could get, um, you know, even though the the hard, hard break record might be a page or two, you know, the whole record itself might be 100 plus pages of data or more coming off these trucks. And to be able to look at not only make sure the calibration's correct, so the speed is reporting accurately, um, and and to make sure that other parameters are set, and like you even mentioned, is it is it even this truck? I've I've downloaded trucks before where I downloaded the ECM, and 
the VIN, according to the truck, the, the, the VIN on the ECM is not the same VIN or not the same engine serial number because it was a, you know, a small mom and pop operation. They needed a truck rebuilt. They slapped an ECM on that was from an old engine, never reprogrammed it. Um, it the truck ran, but the data, you know, I'm pulling it from that vehicle. But if you, if I just handed you that report, you'd say, well, the, the, the engine serial number is not even right. The VIN's not even the same for this truck. What, what's up? This isn't even the right report. Well, it might be. We just have to go through and validate all that data. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, you see, you see them for sale online uh, yeah. all the time. All the oh, time. Yeah. And, and what makes trucks a unique animal and, and why we keep harping on, you need to get training on how to analyze this stuff. Because, like, I mean, just for example, the last crash I just had had three hard brake events. And when you look at the mileage of where the hard brakes occurred on, on the so Detroit diesels, if, if I slip up, because typically I'll just call it a D-deck or something like that. Right. So uh, so if you look at it and the hard brake event in there, um, they all happened within like it was like one hard brake event, 15 miles, another hard brake event. And then that's where the crash happened at was on the second event. And then when they left the crash scene, they were driving and they the the trooper pulls off on the side of the road and flags them over to follow him. So they had another hard brake <laughs> event pulling off after the crash. OK, so you have three hard brakes within a, a 50 mile stretch of each other. Mm-hmm. How do you know which one you're looking at? Right. And it, you know, so you, down to you really have to analyze your, your data. And and you know see what you're you're coming up with, and you know you mentioned Detroit's um, Mac Volvo and International, the Max the older Max Force engines have a could also have a last stop record, which I always tell guys. So more so for the law enforcement side of it, because we're the ones that are dealing with it right away, right at the crash scene. But you know I tell guys, get the keys, turn the truck off, don't move it. Don't do anything to the truck because depending upon what the model is, you might have a last stop record. So I always use the example of the pedestrian. My, my freight liner with the D-deck engine hits a pedestrian and then immediately pulls off the side of the road and, and stops. Well, we know there's not going to be a hard break probably from, oh, clearly not from a velocity change from hitting a pedestrian. But he pulls over and stops and it's got a Detroit diesel engine in it. That's going to record a last stop record. And every time that vehicle starts to move again and, you know, the, the wheels turn up to, you know, a mile and a half an hour and they start moving again, then it'll write another last stop. So that truck all day long is just rewriting last stop records. And, you know, if we could have, even though the hard brake date is not there for that pedestrian crash, it might be there for the last stop record as long as nobody moved that truck from the time that driver hit the pedestrian, pulled to the side of the road and stopped. And that's why I tell our, you know, I tell our guys all the time get the keys, turn the truck off, don't move it. And before we do move it, if it's one of those vehicles, you know, Detroit, Volvos, Max, or internationals that are going to have that, we either want to drop the drive shaft, or if you have somebody, either you know what you're doing or your garage guy you trust to get under there and pull the vehicle speed sensor uh, out of the bell housing on the output shaft or the back end of the transmission. Mm -hmm. That way that truck doesn't know it's moving when they go to tow it. If for some reason the power, you know, because of the crash, maybe the power is still going to the ECM and it thinks it's moving now. Well, if we either drop the drive shaft or we remove the vehicle speed sensor, it doesn't know it's moving. So that last stop record is going to be preserved in those trucks. So when we come back and image it later, we didn't destroy our evidence. And I've had, I've had cases where that was the, the, the case where they, I downloaded it in the last stop record 
it started out where the, it was zero miles an hour. And then it got up to about like six or seven miles an hour for about a, you know, 30, 40 seconds. And then back to stopping. And when I talked to the investigator, they go, oh yeah, we had, we moved it off the side of the road because we wanted to get traffic through. Well, guess what you destroyed? You destroyed the last stop record in the truck. That's when you hand him a OH three in your well for us a, a witness statement form. You're like, here you go, yeah. write out a statement of why you did that, yeah, and, why you moved it, and yeah. why you destroyed the only <laughs> the only evidence I had on that. Yep. That's, so that's you know, where, it, you know, states have you know states have that quick clear because they're getting money from the federal government for for uh, unobstructed lanes and stuff like right. that. Which which I get crashes. it. Open the road, but not at the result of uh, of mm-hmm. of tanking your investigation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, I mean, the investigation, investigation comes first. A politician can wait. I'm sorry. They can wait until I have what I need. And then I'll open that roadway. Absolutely. Because that might be the that's only probably why I'm not liked, have. but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we can have yeah. a whole bunch of those conversations. Yeah, we'll, we'll dedicate a whole show to share some <laughs> stories of why me and Phil aren't liked. Um, so, you know, another thing, too, that we just got to touch on real quick here is be careful when it comes to because you have so many different data sources so just be aware that if you if you get your hard break or or you know any of your stop records from your truck from your actual ecm and then you get your your eld data or see i i I think i like edl because i think of it like electronic devices that log see i just say it in proper english that's all and so um whatever works no you don't (laughs) yeah so uh so once you get that data, you get your GPS data, you get your camera data, all this, and they all have speeds. Just be aware that the speeds may not line up. Like no. you may actually have to kind of shift the graphs a little bit to get the lines to line up on all of them. You may have a little bit lag in one, uh, all sorts of stuff. So just oh, be aware. Absolutely. That it's good to have all this data, but the data might just be all over the place. And I'm glad you mentioned that because so you got to look at where you're recording or the speeds you're getting, where are they recorded from? So we talked earlier at the very beginning about, you know, EDR data and your reconstruction. I thought you were going to say EDL. I was so happy. I screwed you up. <laughs> <laughs> you have your reconstruction and you get a speed or speed range from that. And then you have your EDR data and, you know, we kind of compare the two and well, which one am I going with? Well, it depends, I guess, on, how confident am I obviously in, in my own investigation to start with, which I mean, obviously I'm not putting it on paper unless I'm confident in it and then looking at my EDR data, but now you're talking about trucks. So the, the speed from the ECM or the, the EDR system is reporting from the vehicle itself, from the engine. So now we throw in like a people net or a ZataNet or a Qualcomm system that's recording speed by GPS so that speed, even though, you know, we're talking steady state movement, cruising across the interstate, you know, without any significant acceleration or deceleration, is probably going to match up pretty, pretty perfect with the EDR data. But now we get into that deceleration, that, that braking pre-crash, and then we have the crash. So we have a significant reduction in speed during the, during the actual crash itself you know, those aren't going to report the same in that deceleration just by the nature of the way GPS reports um, and how it calculates speed versus how mm-hmm. the EDR data from the ECM calculates speed based off of, you know, pulses per mile of that output shaft, the transmission. So that you're right, they're not going to match up. And it may take a little bit of you said kind of like shifting that graph, but just looking at where those uh, data points do line up where they're pretty accurate. 
um, and they kind of overlay each other nicely on a, on a speed range. And then just know your limitations. The big thing is know right. your limitations of what your what type of speed you're dealing with. And you and where it overlays nicely, maybe well before the collision event occurs. You know, you can right. be, you know, so at that point, you know, what is the the speed where those overlay with each other is compared to what you calculated? Um, you know, because that's yeah. a, that's one thing that I've seen a lot, especially with Qualcomm or satellite GPS you know, what's the, what's the recycle rate? How often is that pinging, you know, and, and that's mm-hmm. going to come down to service, you know, what right, the, what right. the, yeah. what the, co- the customer's paying for, if they're paying for, I want to know every time that thing moves a foot, that's a very expensive. <laughs> right. Well, see, and, but if and it's what, pinging what every, makes me always leery, weary, wary, I don't know, whatever, like leery. suspicious, what's it, suspicious of GPS data is every <laughs> cop here has, has been, has gotten a letter of counseling in their, in their personnel file for this. Uh, I don't know if your guys' cameras do or not. Our cameras were GPS tracked. So uh, if we exceeded 80 miles per hour, the camera system would automatically come on in the cruiser and then alert supervision that we're exceeding 80 miles an hour. Anybody who's um, the highway hates it. Yeah. So the, the problem is, if you know anything about GPS, right, the GPS will be tracking. All of a sudden, it'll lose signal, and you're going to drive like 100 feet, and it'll regain signal. Well, it thinks that it was only out of service for about one second, and now you traveled half a mile in one second. And so, it <laughs> boom, camera kicks on, and it reports the supervisor that I just did about 1,000 miles an hour. And uh, Dodge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're like, so, so all of a sudden you're getting a letter of training in your file for exceeding the speed limit without your lights and sirens on. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the cruiser doesn't go 985 miles an hour. Like, pretty sure there was a problem with the system, but let's, again, maybe let's, it's just not I wasn't that, let's not share that with Pennsylvania. Cause ours do not do that. And we don't want them to start doing that. Oh yeah. God. It's so annoying. It's so, because you it, constantly have to turn your camera off constantly. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting that they do that because you know, they set that threshold, that camera kick on threshold at 80 mile an hour. And I kind of laugh because I'm like, if you work for an agency that is um, that that has interstate or a lot of, you know, a lot of highway type environment and you have a big traffic unit or an aggressive traffic group, you are going to have so many files, you as a manager or a oh, yeah. division leader that you're going to have to review. You kind of made your bed. So we are going to help you could, sleep. Could in you it. imagine if they did that on our <laughs> motorcycles? Like when you do a presidential escort oh my with like the secret service. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Phil, why are you going 200? Well, I legit probably was. <laughs> that's the yeah. one time that that speed probably legit. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy why they would do, you know, because you look at if you're working in interstate, if the interstate speed 70 mile an hour, if you're turning on a car from, a, you know, crossover, yeah, it's going to you're going to trigger right now. And they're going to be like, well, you know, you're running that kind of speed for four miles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Catch up. So. Yeah. All right. So let's let's wrap her up here, because I, I don't want to beat this uh, horse to too much of a death. And, and actually, we. we almost did a, a full hour on, on just trucks and, and some of the electronic data in them. Um, so let's wrap this up here with, with our tips and tricks for everybody here um, of what they can do, hopefully to get a little bit more out of trucks. Um, so Phil, I'll give you the first word. And Steve, just so you know, me and Phil are going to go first because that's the easier one. And we're going to leave you for last because you're our guest. And that's the hardest one to come up with because we'll both take the easy ones. Uh, to give people. So just start thinking now of, of, uh, of what tip you're going to give. Go ahead, Phil. I'll let you go first. Well, obviously, you know, if we're going to speak specifically to trucks, um, document everything, you know, make model, you know, the VIN, the whole nine yards, 
uh, engine, uh, get, get what engine is it in there that that's in that truck. And then before you move out of that scene, reach out to an agency. I guarantee you, regardless of for law enforcement, I guarantee regardless of where you work at, there's a big department somewhere that is going to be able to give you some guidance on, Hey, don't move that truck, you know, or whatever. Don't let that data get away just because it's a big truck. Don't be afraid of it. It's just a big car is all it is. That does a lot of work. Um, there's, there's so much data. And I think we, we, too oftentimes just walk away from it because we don't know it's information overload and it's just easier to claim. I didn't know. Um, yep. Do your due diligence. <clears throat> yeah. So I'll take the super easy one. Cause that way it'll force Steve to give us a technical one. That'll blow our minds. Um, so yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna venture into trucks, get training, get training. Right. Yep. And like I said, most state agencies will offer training on trucks because most of the state's, uh, the, the DPS agencies, stuff like that are going to be the, the agencies that handle trucks. Um, if you're here in Ohio, reach out to almost all of your sheriff's offices have commercial enforcement units, um, which is, again, if, if you're not from Ohio, uh, that blows the minds of people in some of the other states I go to. When, when, when I tell them that sheriffs actually go out and do road patrol and they're like, what? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so reach out. Uh, normally, any of the guys will be able to help you out. Um, and then take, take some of these classes that are available again, forensic training group. That's, that's the one that I'm going to recommend just because I know the quality of instruction that they put on. Um, and it's fantastic class. So and the quality uh, of harassment and the quality of harassment. That's true. That's true. You, you might even see our new logo for three men in a trailer, uh, <laughs> for, for oh our, new trucking, gosh. our new trucking that company that we're going to start up. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to sell crash tech. If anybody wants to buy it, let me know. Cause we're starting a trucking company. <laughs> uh, that was a rough week. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, Steve, lay it on us, man. What is something that guys can do or girls can do, um, <clears throat> out here to, to just to, to know a little bit, to, to gain a little bit of knowledge on truck, maybe make, make themselves a little bit more comfortable on what's available to them. Well, I mean, like the big thing, we'll start with even before the crash actually happens. The big thing, like you mentioned, is the training. I always like using that that uh, analogy of stay in your sandbox, right? Play in your sandbox. If you don't know something, if you're not trained in something, then then don't venture out of that sandbox or that that knowledge realm because um, that's where you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. So before this crash even occurs, go out and get the training if you have interest. I know not tr heavy trucks are not for everybody. Um, I really enjoy dealing with them, so mm -hmm. it's a you know it's a nice niche. But go out and get the training because they're you know they're kind of an animal of their own, and and learn what you're dealing with them both mechanically and then from the EDR download side, uh, because yeah. you really need to have both the training to uh, forensically image those vehicles so that you're not uh, overriding things, putting erroneous fault codes and things like that on the ECMs. Um, so you're getting the most of uh, you know information that you can be getting, getting it properly. And then having the training to actually look at that and analyze that data. Because um, there's a lot of it. Some of it might be completely irrelevant to you. And some of it might be the gold uh, that you need in that investigation that might, you know, really help Kind of solve where you're going. So training's that that big thing. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of good good groups out there. Got a lot of good training. Um, you know, you mentioned forensic training group. I'm going to throw out because I teach the forum as IPTM as well. You know, I'm throwing that one out there. Now let me ask <laughs> you: Can guys good. reach out to you specifically and just hire you to to come out, or, or do they have to go through IPTM or forensic training group? 
I mean, if people have questions, they can certainly reach out to me as well. I mean, but I mean, I'm just, I was throwing out, you know, I, I mean, I, I think IPTM is a good program as well, but I mean, I, you know, aside from the state uh, working for the state police, I mean, I do do this on the side as well. So um, I mean, certainly if somebody can reach out with questions or, you know, anyway, at case, some point, at, at some point we're going to figure out how to, how to get, what size shirt do you wear? We got to figure out how to get you a crash tech shirt over there. So. I'll, I'll take a large, you can, I'll, I'll wear that. Next, <laughs> next podcast. I'll have my large uh, crash tech shirt on. Yes. Yeah. All right. Deal. The, um, you know, there's resources out there for training. Go absolutely. after tons, tons of resources. Um, so get trained. And even a lot of the, the, because we're dealing with the manufacturers software for a lot of these, um, go to the, you, there's training available to specifically deal with, uh, Detroit diesel the, through their own company, um, yeah. for Cummins. Ben, Bendex has a ton of training for Bendex yeah, has some great training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then if we haven't even mentioned, but Centercon technologies is a whole nother, uh, third-party system that is used to download uh, some makes and models of commercial vehicles. Um, th- that's another great, great system. Um, so there's training out there to, to, that's available. Just reach out and, and you know get the training so that when the time comes when you have the crash, you can deal with it appropriately. And then when that crash actually happens, like I mentioned earlier, don't move the truck. The biggest thing, if you know, if it for the crash reconstructionist, if you're not at the scene yet, I always tell my patrol guys, get the keys from the driver because we're going to need the keys when we image it anyway. Don't move the truck, turn it off. And until you figure out what's going on with that truck, what type of engine it is um, and what's going on with the crash, we don't want to move it because you could potentially overwrite and destroy um, you know, what might be your, your really vital evidence in this whole case just because right. we didn't know um, what it was. And then from there, really, it's just, you know, again, reach out, you know, reach out to somebody that's trained. If it's all you're a law enforcement agency that's not familiar with trucks, reach out to another agency. In Pennsylvania, we have a lot of municipal departments that don't do reconstruction, nor do they deal with commercial vehicles. And they reach out to, to myself or some of our other uh, reconstructionists in the state mm-hmm. and, and ask for the information and advice. Where, where do I go from here? Can you help me with this? Can you send me a sample of a search warrant? Who's best to deal with this? And then we kind of talked a lot about the trucking companies earlier. They're a great resource too. I have had, what's the, the saying? You, you gather more flies with honey than you do vinegar. Oh, I yeah. have had great luck just being polite and respectful and dealing with the safety managers or fleet managers or the trucking company owner and explaining, hey, this we're just doing investigations. What I, you know, this is the stuff I need to get one way or another. And, you know, if, if we have to go the search warrant route and take the, the long way and I have to impound your truck for weeks on end, we're going to do that. Or, you know, we can do things you know, a little more, a little easier. And, and a lot of times that works out great. Same with if I don't know what the system is. There's lots of GPS fleet management systems and ELD systems that way more than one person can really be familiar with all of them. Idiot. So who's going to be best uh, – <laughs> Who's going to be best, you know, capable of telling you how to use that ELD? It's going to be the driver or the fleet manager. And, I'm, you know, right. a lot of times if we just ask them nicely, they'll certainly help us out. So, you know, that use that as a resource out there. The big thing is just we want to get the data off these trucks, um, or, you know, or, or any vehicle for that matter. But these trucks hold a wealth of information mm-hmm. that might be useful in your crash. And you don't ever want to let that just go untapped. So. Yeah. And I think, I so think let me, let me ask you this real quick. Just... Cause this, 
this will trigger a funny story. Hold on, Phil. Let me ask oh, this. No. So to talk about training, I will tell you the importance of training because you're dealing with professional drivers when you come up to trucks and you guys either confirm or deny this. Uh, if you don't know what you're talking about and you're not comfortable around a truck, nobody is going to tell faster than that driver. And oh, he's going to pick up on the fact that, you know, nothing about what you're talking about or looking at, mm -hmm. um, and they will just toy with you. They will toy with you on the side of the highway. So if you're an FTO, um, let your cadet stop a truck real quick and talk to the driver and just kind of, you know, sit back and chuckle for a little bit before you step in and save them. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's funny to watch, <laughs> especially your, your old school drivers that could probably oh, yeah. rebuild their engine on the side of the road if they needed to. They, they will know real quick if you have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> and they'll make you feel about that big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the day, guys. As always, if you have a case that you want us to review for free or you just want to connect with us, jump on over to CrashTechReconstruction.com. Also, remember to follow us on Facebook at Crash Tech, the Expert Angle Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our show and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Crash Tech Reconstruction Services. And finally, remember to always leave your accident victims better off than you found them because at the end of the day everything we do is for that. <laughs> <laughs>